the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From policy to culture, principles to politics, this is the Seth Leibson Show. Welcome back as we head into Hour 3. A delight to bring back, as we do every Wednesday, our constitutional uh, law uh, scholar, Brett Johnson. He is a partner at the Snell & Wilmer Law Firm based here in Phoenix, but uh, with offices across the country. SWLaw.com is their website. And, uh, Brett, how do I open this discussion? I suppose I would start by saying when Roe versus Wade decided it created a lot of confusion and a lot of chaos. And ever since we have been dealing with it, including, I suppose it's fair to say, with its overturning, particularly here in Arizona with a lot of people uh, scratching their heads, especially given a decision that was uh, brought down on September 22nd here in Arizona in a case called Planned Parenthood v. Mark Burnovich. With that mouthful, feel free to, um, to uh, feel free to critique or or or, 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 or or correct anything I just said, or feel free to tell us what's at um, play in Planned Parenthood v. Burnovich. Okay, and, and sounds good. And, and this has obviously been in the news, and uh, unfortunately, as I talk about quite often when I'm on the show, is is that when the media kind of reports on a case, it gets sensationalized and really kind of uh, brought out a, a, a perspective in many cases. And, and what I try to reiterate to folks is, is that judges are presented facts and a record that is before them. They're not able to, for their own political reasons or whatnot, and don't get me wrong, there's a concept of activist judges that we can talk about at some later point. But most judges are really looking at the record that's before them and saying, listen, I am stuck to what was presented to me. I'm not, I'm not able to go and, and try to make your case for us. And that's that's what this this case was in particularly uh, about, especially because it is 50 years old. So in this Planned Parenthood uh, versus Brnovich case, the case actually dates back to 1971. And in that case, Planned Parenthood, uh, which is the same case, by the way, so this case has been around for that long, Planned Parenthood went in and was the pre-Roe versus Wade uh, Arizona law and was trying to argue that that law is, was unconstitutional. Well, that case, 1971, went up and down um, in the courts in Arizona. And then, in um, obviously, we had the Roe versus Wade opinion three weeks after that basically this court was, was had had heard trial on it so that the facts are just just amazing that you know everything kind of came together at once so when roe versus wade through which was actually recognized by both the who a lot of commentators to, to regard regardless of judicial philosophy that roe versus wade was a poorly written opinion right. had to be revised several times uh, to then now obviously get to the dobbs opinion which we're currently at 
So when Dobbs came out, basically you had this lingering case that had a declaratory judgment that was in Arizona that was based off of Roe versus Wade. So you have a court order by an Arizona court that is based off of Roe versus Wade, and the attorney general went into the judge and said, what do we do now? Right. What law is applicable? Right. Since this case um, in 1977, the Arizona legislature has issued mul- or has enacted multiple laws that impact abortion. Um, even most recently, this last cycle, which was one of the big issues that was before the judge, um, dealing with uh, the 15 weeks gestational age. So what the what the court, the Attorney General Brnovich brought before the court and said, what are we supposed to do about this order? Interestingly enough, the people who were involved in the case, uh, unfortunately, are no longer with us. And so a lot of the parties had to be substituted. So there, for example, there was a guardian ad litem for all the unborn children that was appointed for by the court and basically was supposed to provide input uh, for the unborn children. A very interesting issue that has not been done for a very long time outside of criminal cases, which is a different story. So a new doctor had to be put in for them. And then the judge said, what do I do now based off of the record that's presented? And and Planned Parenthood in this case really wanted to make it about the Dobbs opinion and all of the litany of Arizona statutes that have passed since Roe versus Wade. And instead, the judge looked at the record and said, listen, what's clearly in front of me is uh, there was a declaratory judgment and issued an order issued by this court in 1977 based off of Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade is no longer good law. What's before me is that is technically my previous order, probably several generations back. And I'm lifting the order because the only reason that order was put into place was Roe versus Wade. And the judge left open, if you think that Arizona law has changed since Roe versus Wade, feel free to bring that lawsuit, feel free, feel free to bring that all the way up to the Arizona Supreme Court, but that's not the record that she has in front of us. So take everything I just said based off of the sensationalist um, that in the media of a judge taking action, and, um, and it really just comes down to the judge doing her job. Okay, fair enough, and, 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 I, th- and I thank you for that rendering of, of, of the history and what brought us to this to this point. The other uh, series of questions relates to uh, an act that the Arizona State Legislature did uh, pass, what, uh, early, was it earlier this year, when we did something like a 15-week law along the lines of Dobbs, right? That, that's exactly right. And so that 15 weeks gestational age uh, law was passed by the Arizona legislature um, in 22, the, the 2022, this past session. Um, and it was meant to mirror exactly what was in Dobbs. Right. Now, you got to remember, let's talk about Dobbs for a second. Dobbs originally took that, that 15 week gestational age and was arguing that it was constitutional. When the court changed its makeup, um, at that point, uh, the the plaintiffs and Dobbs changed their argument and then made it made it an argument that Roe versus Wade needed to be overturned. Right, they right. took that opportunity. So right. Arizona was just kind of catching up uh, to Texas and, and or Mississippi in many of, the, of these respects. So when when that um, so the 15 weeks, but inside all of these Arizona laws that the judge actually went through. It specifically said uh, those those statutes that they were not overturning the 
basically the territorial law that was incorporated into our statute. So every single time they made an, abor- um, an abortion statute in Arizona, they reaffirmed the previous law. And that's something that the judge really hung her hat on is like, listen, they, the legislature reiterated that they want this law to be the law of the land. Um, but they can't, and so therefore they're making modifications on it. When so, it reverted back, it went back to the legis- um, to territorial law. Right. Okay. So if I understand that approach appropriately, or uh, right, correctly, when the legislature acted this year to do something like what Mississippi did, it kept right. language in that legislation, right? In this yes. current, it, ca- it had language in there that said we are s- nothing here will change or alter the territorial law, the first and law. And they, they were very specific right. about it. And I'll right. even give you a quote. It says, we do not, the legislature does not repeal by implication or otherwise section 13-3603 or any other applicable state law regulating or restricting abortion. So that was, that was inside the 2022 law, and that's what the judge hung her hat on, is that that did not impact her decision. But she even went, again, one step further in saying, it's like, even if that were to happen, I have a declaratory judgment from 1977. That's the order I'm looking at. That's the only thing that's before me. The fact that the law statutorily may have changed since then, that wasn't before her. And she really made that hit home. She goes, if you want to sue on all the laws that came after 1977, go for it. Just not in my courtroom. Understood, I think. So that <laughs> but well but well there's a predicate question before I get back to nineteen seventy seven and the predicate yeah. question is this why would the state legislature deliberately pass abortion law at all if it was going to contain preserving language to the original law that would not overturn it? Yeah, and you saw this in many um, states across across the country, and even more so um, uh, when, when the, the Supreme Court um, changed its makeup of what we call triggering laws. Okay, okay? Yeah. so when the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court takes this action, this Arizona law would immediately go into effect, and that is basically the triggering law here is is that if if Roe versus Wade is overturned, this is what the legislature meant, then we get to go back to um, the, the original law from 1970. I got you. So in some yeah. respects, they were passing a law with the preservation language in 2022, assuming Roe wasn't going to be overturned. But if in that event it does, we go back to the territorial law. That's exactly right. right. And that was consistent in all of the statutes since 77. Brett, let me take a quick commercial break if I can and pick up with you on the other side of that. Is that a, is on the other side of the break if you have time? Do you have a, a few more moments? Thanks. I'm Seth yeah. Leibson. He's Brett Johnson from the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, our constitutional legal resident, uh, uh, in-house resident. We're delighted to have him. And we will be both right back. Driving down the street today, I saw a sign for lemonade. They were the cutest kids I'd ever seen in this front yard. As they handed me my glass, smiling, thinking to myself. Walking on, walking on, broken down. 
Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my good friends at Y-Refi. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, do check Y-Refi out. They are offering a fixed interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by, as I say, great people who are investors doing well by doing good for others. You can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Brett Johnson is our guest. He's a partner at the Snell & Wilmer Law Firm. He visits with us every Wednesday with his uh, constitutional insights and thoughts and explanations. We're talking about... Uh, abor- the abortion uh, situation law in Arizona, especially after the September 26 uh, ruling in Planned Parenthood v. Brnovich. So, Brett, as I understand you, uh, what was decided in Planned Parenthood v. Brnovich was effectively a long time coming. That litigation had been going on since, what, 1977, right? That's right. Actually, 1971, but the order was from The order was from 1977. Yeah. So... It redounds at the end of the day to a situation where we are now back to the territorial law, correct? Correct. Which uh, outlaws abortion at any stage save for the life of the mother, correct? That's correct. There are not the other uh, kind of traditional exceptions for rape, incest, or molestation. Right. All that is is non-extant in that law. And so the question then becomes if, if, if... the governor, legislature, the state representatives here want to change that, or if anyone wants to change that, that's the vehicle, right? The state legislature in their next session can write new abortion law. I take it. Am I right about this? That's absolutely right. So they can they can write new laws to provide clarification. Um, obviously, we have a strong initiative uh, process here in the state of Arizona um, to, to uh, that, that the people can do it. Um, in fact, there was a proposed initiative that that got on the street but did not get enough signatures um, trying to address this exact issue. So that that's pro- that is the next step. Now, of course. Planned Parenthood uh, did not, does not want to give up this litigation. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go on for another 50 years. Oh, tell me about but, that. Tell me about their interest in the litigation here going forward. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so, so, they're, they're litigate, so they have what's called requests a, a motion um, for stay of, of issuance of yeah. this order yeah. um, and to take it up to the Court of Appeals. Okay. And they've already filed that paperwork. They have not um, gone to the Court of Appeals yet, but it's only, it's only going to be a matter of time before the Arizona Supreme Court hears this case. And the reason why I think that that's going to be the more expeditious route rather than going through the legislative process for um, the Planned Parenthood plaintiffs in this case is um, is that there has been, you know, statements by elected leaders about the ambiguity of the territorial right. law right. and how it applies in the modern era. Right. So you have uh, um, uh, Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell making a comment. You have Governor Ducey making a statement. Right. Um, and all of those quotations were put into the request for stay um, before this judge. Because there still tends to be or seemingly is some form of confusion or other over application. Yeah. Right. And that, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. It's, and basically does um, the legislature's law 
from last session, the 15 weeks gestational yeah, age, right. does that conflict with the territorial so, law? So there's a good betting chance, I, would, I, I presume there's a good betting chance, that an appellate court, whether it's the state, of, uh, state court of appeals or the state Supreme Court, they can stop this order, they can stay this order pending further litigation or pending further lit- legislation, I presume. No, not not for uh, pending further legislation. Okay, they okay. would only be able to do that pending the the, the, the lawsuit itself. The the courts are are lukewarm to issuing a stay pending a, another political act. All right. So this is in the hands of the courts if the appeal is accepted. That's correct. And That's correct. and if the state legislature wanted to do something about the territorial law, it, it would be doing so irrespective. Of this line of uh, this 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 uh, this line of trial, right? It would just that, create a correct. brand new law, period, with no preservation language. Theoretically, that, that, that's exactly right. Okay. Or just amend the territorial law to say whatever you want. Okay, which is that thirteen thirty whatever it is. That's, yes, yes. <laughs> Arizona Revised Statutes Chapter Thirteen is is all they would have to do. <laughs> Easy for me to say, right? That's all they would have to. <laughs> but they could. But they could. I guess within that little uh, that little uh, snicker that I gave, th- there is a lot of latitude into what they could do, right? There is nothing stopping them from doing what Mississippi did exactly, or even playing around with it, right? I mean, they could have. I, yeah, the I presume, Supreme Court. Yeah, the Supreme Court. The there's US a green Supreme light for us to do whatever we want. Is what I'm guessing. It, absolutely. So long as it doesn't I- I impact another constitutional right, of right, course, right? Yeah, but right. but not the one that that was the underpinning. Not the right the to right an privacy. abortion, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so, but there are many states, and and the argument would be, and this is what you know uh, the judge was making reference to, is I just don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Is that there? You know, there are other Arizona constitutional provisions. There's other statutes and other laws that are that are implicated, um, possibly even some U.S. constitutional ones. But that's going to be much harder to do in light of Dobbs. So this is really back in the hands of the state, which again, as I've mentioned on the show before, that's exactly what this U.S. Supreme Court really wants to do. They want to make federal judges not busy. They want the state court judges and the Court of Appeals and and the Arizona Supreme Court to be addressing these weighty issues based off of the needs of their individual states. Am I silly for assuming that or for wanting to lay the bet that a a court of appeals will stay this order and it will all be resolved by the legislature in next term? Is that a smart bet? I would not. You would not counsel. You would not be my. You would not give me a line on that one. No, no. And and we we can have that conversation after November (laughs) eighth. That's a fair point, Brett Johnson. No, but thank you for the light on all this. Because yeah, you're right. I mean, this is complicated stuff. It has been complicated ever since 1973. Made more so by subsequent uh, legislation, but also subsequent uh, Supreme Court decisions, and then, of course, uh, by, 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 by the Dobbs decision itself, leaving the states where they are. Uh, something we had been asking for, but maybe weren't quite certain as to 
be prepared for. Is that fair to say? We, we weren't quite prepared. No, I, I think that is. And, and interesting when you when you follow the academics um, in regard to the abortion laws over the last fifty years, you know they, there was a lot of discussion. It's kind of like you know in the military, you make a great battle plan, but then the the first hit with an enemy, your battle plan goes away. And that's kind of what they've done here. They've they've tried to plan so so far, and and then reality hits in. And how yeah. do we actually implement it? So that's that's. Uh, that's the issue, but I guarantee you there's very smart people uh, <laughs> weighing these issues and deciding them. Thank you, Brett Johnson. I appreciate it, and hopefully they'll be taking your counsel as well as they usually do when something smart gets done. I'm Seth Liebson. He is Brett Johnson from the Snell & Wilmer Law Firm. Again, SWLaw.com. Don't go away. We have a lot more. We'll be right back. Great. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 